0: welcome to crime and time on the rocks although today it's on the blended yeah we're back and it's blended yeah so this is the first time that i've not like we featured a cocktail from my memory this is the orange blossom and it is a cocktail that i just remember my grandparents making and drinking with their friends um, in the you know late 70s and 80s um and it's a blended drink with a vodka base so let's give it a I mean we've both had it before because I made Do you want to
1: say what's in it or should I mm-hmm.
0: sorry that was me slurping it I'll say what's in it it's um simple simple recipe it's frozen orange juice can of frozen orange juice literally use the can of frozen orange juice then to measure and so it's a can of frozen orange juice a can of milk a can of vodka and a raw egg and then you blend that up in the blender and then at that point you will probably need to drain some off and put in your ice and then you just blend it until it's the consistency that you want i like mine super slushy so i use a lot of ice it to me it reminds me of an orange julius with a cake
1: all right um i've had it before but i'm gonna try it again it's
0: Kay. been a while it's so. been a while it's been a long while so yeah
1: definitely like orange julius with a kick yeah it's just as good as i remember it's it's like the creaminess you can you get from the milk and i guess the egg and Mm -hmm. then the orange flavor and you can taste the vodka you can taste the vodka there's plenty of vodka
0: you know so when i'm measuring my can of vodka eh, it may have over poured a little bit who knows but like we were talking about the other day um thank you louis pasteur for pasteurization pasteurization so we can enjoy our milk and and raw raw egg egg drink and protein and protein right it's got protein
1: this is like the original protein drink
0: it is the protein (laughs) of the 70s oh my gosh can we get away with drinking this as our protein shake at the gym right (laughs) so anyway that's the orange blossom and it's very good what orange blossom related crime are you going to tell me about so
1: i got this from thoughtco.com and it's articles by jennifer rosenberg and i'm going to tell you about the fatty arbuckle scandal
0: (gasps) okay i've heard of this i love it i'm super duper excited and i have a frozen throat
1: so roscoe fatty arbuckle started performing as a teenager on the west coast vaudeville circuit in 1913 he was 26 and signed with a film company and became one of the keystone cops Uh it's no surprise that given his nickname but arbuckle was heavy he weighed between 250 to 300 pounds and even as an infant he was born at 13 pounds
0: oh my gosh undiagnosed gestational diabetes right so his weight obviously played into his comedy which that's the, that's what you think of when you see the key, when you think of the keystone cops mm-hmm. you think of the big round cop with the tall skinny cop
1: but he wasn't slapstick he um was known to move gracefully and he became one of the first like actual recognized name stars because mm-hmm. at the time most of the studios didn't feature people as names
0: i've heard that yes but they kind of named because him after of who he
1: was and the fact that he was funny and that he was as large as he was people recognized him mm-hmm.
0: so Very cool.
1: yeah so um in 1921 he signed a million dollars over three years contract with paramount well
0: um, in 1921 he signed a million dollar deal right i'm assuming that's 1921
1: dollars. 1921 dollars yeah he so it was like what 300 grand a year 333 dollars
0: grand a year that's some pretty good
1: money for three years um that was with paramount that was unheard of at the time
0: in the 30s my grandparents bought all of the lumber for their entire house for three thousand dollars right so
1: $333,033 a year was pretty amazing so in September of 1921 right after Arbuckle had signed his contract He had finished filming three pictures and he had filmed those all at the same time he
0: filmed three movies simultaneously Mm
1: -hmm. so he and a few friends decided to drive from la to san francisco to spend some time in san francisco to celebrate finishing the films and his new contract okay as you do right so they checked into the saint francis hotel which is still there today, and you can go stay there.
0: I love the St. Francis mm-hmm. Hotel. I've my, stayed there. Okay, when I was a little kid, my grandparents took me to San Francisco to see the Nutcracker, and we went to the St. Francis Hotel, and they washed our money. And then the very first time I ever got room service, my aunt had taken me shopping to start my student teaching, and we stayed at the St. Francis Hotel, and we got room service. And they told me, okay, if you've ever been to the St. Francis Hotel, their doors are like poofy in the middle or at least they were back in um the early 90s so the doors are kind of poofy in the middle and it has it used to have a way that you could open the door and you would hang your cleaning inside the door and it could be opened from the other side and picked up to be taken away and laundered and then returned to you i love the saint francis sorry totally no that's great i love the saint francis so
1: they checked into the saint francis it was saturday september 3rd 1921 that was labor day weekend that is so cool Mm -hmm. and they occupied a suite of rooms on the 12th floor it was rooms 1219 1220 and
0: 1221 okay so
1: apparently a lot of people to this day will go and ask to stay in particularly one of these rooms Uh uh-huh um 1220 was the sitting room that's kind of where everyone gathered and where they mainly partied okay Um, on Monday, September 5th, they started partying really early. Arbuckle was still in his pajamas. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Sounds like
1: us. Um, there was a party attendee there, Virginia Rapay. She's 26 years old, kind of like a bit part actor, had been known kind of in the circles, but wasn't a star for sure. She was drinking orange blossoms that day. Seriously? yes however i wonder if it's the same drink it's not the same drink i did some research on it it was a gin based drink it's basically like a gin and oj Mm. so they because the gin was so terrible because this is prohibition in 1921 still Mm -hmm. the gin was terrible and they used the orange juice just to cover up the flavor of the gin because
0: orange is such a strong flavor yeah so cool yeah
1: and so as i said arbuckle still in his pj's even though it was prohibition there were were large quantities of liquor in the suite yeah so around 3 p.m uh arbuckle decided that he was going to leave the party go get dressed and go sightseeing with a friend okay this is where the story really starts so what happened next is disputed and there's two versions and this whole disputed story happens within like 10 minutes okay and it's three in the afternoon it's three in the afternoon So the first version is from Maud Delmont. She was a party attendee. She was known as someone who would set up famous people to blackmail them. Why in the all the holy would they invite her? I'm guessing she was pretty. Probably. Don't know. I saw that's a picture. Horrible. I saw a picture of her, but I can't tell if in 1920 what was considered. Right. Yeah. But what a horrible thing to do. Right. So she claimed Arbuckle herded Rapay into his bedroom and exclaimed, I've waited like a, a long dog. Yeah. Herded her in because he w- his bedroom was 1219. Okay. Um, so it was claimed that he herded her into the bedroom and exclaimed, I've waited this for this a long time. And then a few minutes later, all the party go- goers could hear Rapay's screams coming from the bedroom. Delmont says that she tried to open the door and even tried to kick it open, but couldn't get in and then when arbuckle finally opened the door supposedly Rapay was found naked and bleeding but i thought he had gone sightseeing he was gonna go get dressed to go sightseeing gonna go to and sightseeing yeah okay so this is all like i said within 10 minutes so
0: you know let's do some light beating and raping before we go sightseeing. Mm-hmm.
1: so arbuckle's version is that he retired to his room to change to go sightseeing uh-huh. and when he got in there he found Rapay vomiting in his bathroom because she's drinking nasty gin she's drinking yeah orange blossoms like us but not the same recipe right he helped her clean up and led her to the bed to rest he assumed that she was just overly intoxicated and finished what he was doing and rejoined the party a few minutes later he returned to the room to check on her and found her on the floor he put her back on the bed and went to get help
0: okay I'm I've not heard the rest of the story I mean, I've heard it on podcasts like forever ago, but just in the two explanations that you've given of the two different, you know, series of events, the second one sounds much more reasonable for something that would happen when you are partying with a group of people than, oh, hey, let me go beat this young woman in my room while my friends are in here and can hear Right next door, yeah. Who would do that? yes
1: i i don't know
0: i mean i'm just that's
1: my my train of thought too is his version seems much more reasonable and
0: especially given the 20s and who knows what could have been in
1: that gym. anything could have been yeah so when others entered the room they found rape tearing at her clothes and apparently this is something she had done in the past when drunk so (gasps) these people yeah I'm trying to picture what tearing at her clothes actually meant. Yes, what does that mean? Like, is she Incredible Hulk and like just
0: <laughs> I may possibly have been known to take off my clothes when I've been drinking, but not necessarily tear. Unless maybe, okay, what if it was like, it's so hot in here, it's hot, and she's like tugging at the neck line of her dress that could be i can see that it gets hot when you're drinking sometimes Mm -hmm. so the party guests uh,
1: tried to help her they attempted a number of treatments they tried to cover her with ice um they contacted hotel staff and rape was taken to another room to rest
0: okay again though could this be a consequence of nefarious or not even necessarily nefarious but just um bad ingredients in Mm -hmm. gin because they used to put all kinds of crazy stuff in there, like turpentine or rubbing alcohol or whatever they could get to make, make the it, volume yeah. bigger and to make it so they
1: could sell it and make money. Yeah, we we don't know where this gin came from, who made it, what it was consisting of.
0: It could have been poisoning her, eating her, you know, like mm-hmm. burning her or something.
1: So Arbuckle thinking the whole problem was going to be handled by the hotel staff. He left for a sightseeing tour, and then he went back to
0: L.A. Which, again, you typically wouldn't do had you beaten a woman. I mean, I can't imagine just like, oh, Uh, hey. I'm going to go see the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. Was that even there
1: in 1921? I don't know. I don't (laughs) know. You just stay here in my room and bleed. So she was not taken to the hospital that day and wasn't taken to the hospital at all for three days because everyone just assumed that her condition was caused by the liquor
0: even if it was caused by the liquor you still take a sick person to
1: the hospital right right especially after like okay it's been nine hours she's not getting better let's take
0: her but could that be something with we don't want to get caught we don't want people thinking the authorities thinking that we were drinking well the hotel
1: probably didn't want to have liability right you know like all these things so it's just like that's still horrible a product of the time Pardon my ice crunching. I just realized I crunched on uh. a bunch of ice. Monday was the day that she fell ill. And on Thursday, she was finally taken to the hospital. They took her to Wakefield Sanatorium, which was a maternity hospital known for giving abortions. Why in the world would they take her there? She has some sort of poisoning. Again, I'm sure it's because of some sort of fear or fear of liability or something. Because you would have taken someone if they fell and hit their head you don't take them to a maternity hospital you take them to the actual general hospital an
0: actual hospital just makes me so worried about teenage girls i mean i know this is 1921 it's totally different but be careful who you hang out with teenage girls yeah
1: rapay died the following day which was friday due to a ruptured bladder
0: see that says there was something there was something something happened
1: yeah something happened and it's it's weird like i was trying to figure out how does a ruptured bladder happen and i mean it doesn't say anywhere that there was outward signs that she was beaten like it doesn't say that she had injuries the or hospital reports no any
0: nowhere i could find that, but the one lady said that she was on the bed bleeding yes interesting and but d- could a ruptured bladder have happened from a poisoning or could she have been like thrashing around because she was poisoned yeah i don't know anyway arbuckle
1: was later arrested in la and he was charged with Rupay's murder murder um the newspapers at this time went crazy with this story it was like all out tabloid news wars this was also the age of yellow journalism so like the whole point was selling newspapers right um, you're going to
0: tell whatever story you need to to get people to buy your so paper. so apparently is.
1: hearst which was one of the big newspaper companies mm-hmm. and also big in san francisco said that this scandal the fatty arbuckle scandal newspaper coverage sold more papers than the sinking of the lusitania wow so it was big um some of the articles said things like rapet had crushed or that arbuckle had crushed repay with his weight um some (gasps) of them yeah well i mean 250 to 300 pounds was huge back then
0: yes still is it still is
1: but yeah other papers said that he had raped her with a foreign object some of them said ice and others said a coke bottle in pretty much all of the papers Rapay was portrayed as an innocent young victim
0: yes so innocent drinking and in a hotel room with a bunch of 30 something year old men and they well she was 26 oh i thought she was a kid no she's 26 i thought she was like
1: 19 nope she was 26 well then in 26 she's not an innocent young thing no um they also excluded reporting that repay may have had an abortion a short time before the party so i don't know if there was some botched procedure that could have contributed to her bladder well rupture, yeah. but it was
0: not a legal procedure back then and it was no. done you know it was and surreptitiously had, in back alleys it's and been such.
1: reported too that she had had several oh so uh-uh. yeah
0: which is not good for your body
1: it's not good for your body and also putting Bathtub gin in your body,
0: <laughs> however, I have to say, if I were around during prohibition, I would probably drink bathtub gin for sure. I don't have a big chicken, though,
1: I'm a big, like goody choo choo chicken. Just stick with confirmation wine, <laughs> yeah, probably would have. Um, so Arbuckle suffered after this, his films were almost immediately pulled from the movie houses across the country, and then wow. the f- trial began. 19 it the first trial began on november 1921 the first trial yeah the first trial began on november in november of 1921 so that's only a, like two mo- a month no like right away two months after the arrest happened and arbuckle was charged with manslaughter even though he was arrested for murder the um trial resulted in a hung jury with 10 to 2 vote for acquittal
0: that seems reason given the evidence i mean we weren't there wow that's a lamp given the
1: evidence that seems reasonable so in this trial um arbuckle stood trial for himself and there was a lot for the defense that
0: was put on trial and- okay i have a i have a question how could this be a quote-unquote first trial if he is oh it's a hung jury he's not acquitted hmm okay never mind i answered my own question
1: so then there was a second trial right the second trial resulted in a hung jury also it was tended to for conviction in this trial what's different he didn't stand try he didn't stand up for himself
0: and the defense wasn't as vigorous okay that tells me that he's believable if he stood up for himself and it was tended to acquittal and then he didn't and it's tended to conviction, he is he's giving a believable testimony, right?
1: I feel like that, especially after the third trial. So the third trial began Oh
0: my goodness.
1: <laughs> yeah, third trial <laughs> this poor guy. It began in March of nineteen twenty two. So we're is not, his million dollars gone by now. I it didn't really go into that at this point. But so we're talking third trial began March of 1922. So we're talking mur- or the death happened in September of 21. First trial, November of 21 and third trial, March of 22. So this is very quick. Yeah. But he's not
0: making any movies or any and money. He's not making them. any
1: movies or money. Um, but this trial happened and the jury deliberated only a few minutes and they returned with a verdict of not guilty and what's more is they wrote him an apology letter and in the apology letter it pretty much said there was absolutely no evidence and that you never should have been put up for charges on this
0: we just took away two years or the da just took away two years of your life for no reason oops sorry well it was really
1: only like six months but
0: well yeah i guess yeah
1: um that's very quick but even so arbuckle was still blacklisted by hollywood yeah um he was banned from filmmaking and that was supposed to be like a lifetime ban but it was later lifted months after a few months
0: oh (laughs) well good he's got to make a living
1: yeah well so he really wasn't able to though because he just like his popularity waned and people just didn't he wasn't popular anymore
0: like nobody wanted to watch a movie with him in it that's sad yeah and in
1: 1933 he had a short comeback where he was going to be starring in some comedy shorts Uh uh-huh and who knows how well that would have turned out because later on june 29th of 33 he suffered a fatal heart attack in his sleep and died at 46 years old oh yeah
0: that's sad
1: so that is the fatty arbuckle scandal that
0: is fatty arbuckle that is sad and it's okay did you pick it because she was drinking orange blossoms or because it took place in la
1: well in the 30s picked it because she was drinking orange blossoms and i had heard about it before but i didn't really care
0: i like it though that's but that's so sad. I tend to believe his story, I think.
1: I feel like I do, too, especially with Maud being kind of a flim-flam person uh-huh. and, like, a blackmailer. Trying to get
0: something. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting that you say oranges... That you were talking about oranges in Southern California, because I'm going to tell you about the oranges in California.
1: Oh. So this is something I don't really know anything about. Seriously? Except for that there's a lot of oranges in California.
0: Okay. I was so excited. I was just, like... Okay, we pick two cocktails a week and research them. And I just kind of went for the obvious choices for our ones that we did this weekend. Oranges, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, oh, boring da-da-da. It's really kind of interesting.
1: I guarantee you there's like three people, maybe. Well, not that are listening, because we probably only have three people listening. But nobody's <laughs> All gonna three of them. Nobody's gonna know this right now. Right.
0: It's interesting. I really like orange blossoms. I forgot how much I like this drink. Well, we have a plenty we have a full picture we have a full pitcher. we may need to call down a bartender to fill my glass so basically you think the movie industry built la oranges built la
1: i like to think oranges is probably the best out of both
0: oranges built la um the first source of citrus in california was the spanish mission system child number two recently finished fourth grade and we did a mission and that mission that we did actually had pear orchards but it was just kind of fun to you know learn about the missions and do the missions um father unipero sarah yes how did you know that because i went to fourth grade in california (laughs) okay that guy planted the very first citrus trees in california They were from a variety of oranges that originated from Southeast China thousands of years ago in the 17... And he planted it in the 1700s. 1769 was when the first oranges were planted in San Diego. The first official, like, orange orchard was planted in 1804 at the San Gabriel Mission. Meanwhile, while all this is happening here in California with the missions, William Wolfskill was born in 1798. He was... eventually called the granddaddy of California Citrus. Um, He was an adventurer, as all of these types are. He made his money by being a trapper in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and he became a naturalized Mexican citizen, which allowed him to own land in Mexico. And California was part of Mexico at the time. So this part cracks me up. On May twenty fourth, eighteen forty two, he gets a small land grant from in California from the Spanish Governor Juan Baptista de Alvarado. And now I remember this is a small mm-hmm. land grant. It's only for Mexican leagues. Is this like the hacienda system? It's not big, I think so. So it's not a big land grant. It's just for Mexican leagues, which amounts to seventeen thousand seven hundred fifty acres. It's small. Wait, how big is your property? The property that we are on right now is
1: 5 acres. So seven so that's close 17,000
0: 17,750.
1: It's only like 17,735 more. <laughs> okay,
0: the property that we live oh, in the other town 45 more. The property that we that we had in the other town was 10 acres. And remember our hike across that to go to the lake and then our hike down to the lake yeah but to be fair and this was years ago we were pushing a double bob stroller we were pushing a double bob stroller with a cooler of beer
1: (laughs) with a cooler of
0: beer (laughs) but it was empty on the way home but yeah so small 17,750 acres he wanted his right land to be small enough that he could ride across it on horseback in one day well that's practical it's totally practical so he and this is he judged the fertility of the soil by the height of the native grains that were growing on it. So he's riding along do 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 and if when the grains stopped being as high as the highest point on his horse's back is when he determined that they were not good for planting and he did something else with that area. Hmm, that actually makes sense. It's kind of cool. Um the northern border um, of his land grant which is still there today it follows a, ro- a road called russell boulevard according to historian someone larky i could not find their first name who wrote winters a heritage of horticulture a harmony of purpose said that the he believes that this is true because the russell boulevard the border is an irregular stair-step contour that roughly parallels Pootaw creek
1: oh i've heard of put
0: creek have you Mm -hmm. okay so he's just kind of cruising along there so william woolskill he's an influential man in california he runs sheep he has cattle he does many many crops he was one of the top producers of wine in california so he and stanford from the um, winery that we live near are kind of in competition which is leland stanford leland stanford yes the one who had the wine the ranch the ranch up here anyway so they're kind of in competition he is one of the top wine producers but on top of in addition to the wine he also developed the valencia orange Mm. which is the the juice orange that's probably what we're drinking i guarantee
1: you we're drinking valencia orange yes
0: so valencia orange the juice orange he that's when they started calling him the granddaddy of citrus in california like Um,
1: people think that florida is the orange juice place
0: but california has so much oh so much And, and i'm gonna actually talk about that um we're actually second only to florida and the majority of our oranges which i'll get into in a minute are for eating and the majority of florida's oranges are for juice so we have fiber we have fiber of course we're drinking probably florida oranges right now but so he we have completely and totally centralized this entire podcast around california
1: i know i keep thinking you like telling we're a little prejudiced california keeps coming up all <laughs> keeps every time yeah
0: every single time no we
1: did a russian
0: we did a russian but when we did the russian who did i talk about oh i talked about rasputin which is not california yeah at all but we've talked about the california gold rush we've talked about crocker crocker now we're talking about william wallace or william who william who william wolfskill wolfskill we'll make
1: an effort to talk about other states i promise i'm dying we must to talk about indiana
0: (laughs) i am dying to find out why you are dying to talk about indiana i don't know why i just
1: (laughs) i don't know anything about it
0: okay well that works so anyhow little William he's planting he's planting things um the very first planted official orange groves for selling oranges was planted in the 1840s in literally what is now the middle of Los Angeles
1: yeah I remember my grandfather on my dad's side was from LA and grew up in LA prior to moving to the Bay Area and he lived
0: near an orange grove like everything was orange groves everything was orange groves um let me tell you more about that because it's kind of cool so in the 1849s at 49 and the 50s the gold rush happened and all of these people came to california and this what did they need to help them stay healthy morphine oh that was a different episode <laughs> that was a different episode <laughs> yes they probably took morphine but also scurvy was a problem so scurvy is not just a disease for pirates scurvy was prevalent in the goldfields and so oranges was one of the best ways for combating scurvy so they became very popular way
1: to stay healthy is like delicious fruit
0: delicious fruit from california no we are not sponsored by sunkist but if sunkist wants to sponsor us they can buy california fruit Buy california fruit and produce and dairy so totally off topic i'm walking through the grocery store this morning to get snacks for our podcast because we drink and eat and that is what we do and child number two is with me and we're walking through and she says i just want avocados mommy can i get some avocados And so we bought three avocados. And then I said, well, I have a coupon that says if you buy eight pounds, you get $1.50 off. So buy eight pounds of something. She's like, I don't want eight pounds of avocados. I think I want a peach. So we just went through and bought produce. But I don't know why. You were talking about California produce. So, you know, California produce.
1: Go California. All the produce.
0: All the produce we talked about that another episode if you grow if you eat it we grow it yeah it's totally true so gold rush people with scurvy eating oranges um william wallace or wolf wolf skill, William Wolfskill. Why do I keep calling him William Wolfskill? I have <laughs> I'm like the... a brave heart. <laughs> Braveheart on the brain. So no, Wolfskill is he's just rocking his oranges. By the eighteen seventies, he started planting navel oranges. Now, do you know why the navel orange is called the navel orange? Is it because it has a navel? Yes! The little end looks like a belly button, and so that's why they call it the navel orange. I've always thought that. I just think that's silly but that's why they call it navel oranges it is okay now keep in mind this is the 1870s it is a seedless fruit so if there's no seeds that means you cannot plant it later yeah right so the entire industry which becomes like the biggest thing in california is done from grafting and basically cloning back in the 1870s so they're gmo yes they would graft the the um what do they call it um, it's really good for ripening in the mild winter of the california mediterranean climate but they would graph the um bud spores sports spurts to tree roots and stalks and that is how navel oranges are grown so almost all of the na- navel oranges that are still grown in california are descended from these original trees these original trees were william wood wolf's gill grew them but they were originally sent by the u.s department of agriculture they sent cuttings to and this for some reason was pointed out they were a mutation from a tree that grew in a brazilian monastery they sent them to california to a woman named eliza tibbets and her husband and eliza tibbets was specifically named as being a spiritualist and a woman's suffrage activist
1: but she knew her oranges. But certainly. she knew her
0: oranges. So why it was important to point out that she was a spirit spiritualist and a woman suffrage activist? I have no.
1: Was idea. it during the time that spiritualism was?
0: Yes, this was in the 1870s. Yeah. So it was when spiritualism was like the hot the thing. thing. But I just still think it's funny that they feel the need to point that out. She wanted to talk to vote to ghosts sh- and get women that vote, and she can grow oranges. <sighs> it sounds like an all right life it sounds like an all right life so they've got these navel oranges and um there is still a tree this was all she was taking doing all this um experimenting with growth in riverside there is still a tree in riverside that still bears fruit and it's 137 years old anyway so 137 year old tree it is designated a historical landmark um by 1893 the farmers are just kicking butt and taking names in California. They've got the they've got the railroad to take the fruit to the rest of the state. However, there's all these pesky middle railroad men that are kind of taking their money and they're feeling like they could get a better deal if they banded together, union and work together. So they formed what is called the Southern California Fruit Exchange in 1893 to help make their weight a little heftier with these middlemen and be able to get their fruit on the trains for cheaper because the entire country is going orange crazy everybody wants california oranges yeah so this this um california fruit exchange eventually becomes sunkissed oh so that's a name i'm sure we've all heard yes so sunkissed um big company big conglomerate big thing big lobbyist group in 1906 the growers decide to get together again they say hey you know what we are providing the country with oranges and we need to have some some services so they requested and received a research facility to help them produce even better fruit and this was called the citrus experiment station and this was the foundation for the uc riverside
1: okay i was just thinking i'm like this is starting a college because like yes uc davis has research Uh uh-huh farm research and like you see them on the side of the road it'll be like this is you see such and such farm research area okay
0: there is i could not tell where it was based on the article that i read and i didn't even cite it in the citations but there was an article that talked about how there's this orange grove somewhere in southern california that you can just walk in and pick an orange and eat it you can be a homeless man and walk in and pick an orange and eat it you can be a university student and walk through the orange grove and pick an orange and eat it But there's all these rumors that go around about it that, oh, don't pick the oranges. They poison them. Don't pick the oranges. They put an enzyme in them to whatever, whatever. whatever." Yeah. But it's, none of it is true. It's a research grove where they do experiments and and research the oranges, but not anything that's going to harm people. And if you want to eat one, you can just pick one and eat one.
1: So with that, like I mentioned, I believe UC Davis has like a rice research area somewhere. You know in the vicinity like probably
0: can't well, go through and pick
1: up rice and eat it but yeah outside of sacramento like north of sacramento there is a area like i don't know if you remember it or not but we've been by it before and it's like they it's some uc or some university is researching pavement paint like the lines like the line research no. So there's this whole section on I can't remember if it's I5. What are you researching about pavement paint? It you just you drive across it. <laughs> so like on I can't I'm going to say it's on I5, but it could be on 99 or any of the other freeways going into Sacramento, but there's this whole area where all the like pavement striping, like there's different kind of kinds of paint and it's like all across the roadway in like the, all these stripes. I need to see that. And so they're probably researching which paints are durable or right. whatever but it's there's a sign that says like this is like the pavement paint research area
0: oh that's hysterical well that reminds me apparently is it virginia that has the body farm well there's a few there's,
1: yeah there's but a couple. virginia
0: has one right yeah i think so and they just they do different research on what different environments and different things do to decomposition to a body so well i think all kinds of pavement paint here. is
1: much more important <laughs>
0: absolutely because you know who needs to figure out time of death for murder victims we need to preserve the paint. <laughs> now i've never i've honestly do not remember that you I have to point that promise out promise you, you
1: like i'll have to google it for oh you. i'm very yeah. interested
0: i want to know about pavement paint citrus riverside is still doing a lot of um, they're still leaders in experiments genetics breeding psychology physiology and post-harvest studies they recently produced an orange called the or a citrus called the gold nugget tangerine
1: i don't know how i feel about that name
0: why it just seems like if you're
1: eating a tangerine you don't want the word nugget in it but it's a it's very california-esque i don't like the name okay i don't think they're going to ask you i
0: think they already haven't (laughs) so anyway um the university blah blah Um, between 19 so sun kissed this group of farmers becomes the first they're like they're not only farmers of fabulous oranges they are like marketing geniuses because they become the first group that mass markets and mass advertises their product like on a grand
1: scale right like if you buy mandarins and you buy cuties like you're buying
0: cuties right and then there's the whole and at least where we're from the whole cuties versus the other ones what is the other one i can't remember oh my god we should know this cuties versus i can't remember but the other ones are good too though there's not a child on the staircase um because there's like a whole like literally on facebook My local friends have had the debate, whether you buy cuties or blah, blah, blah. The other one. Um, So, Sunkist, they are marketing. They're doing really well. Between 1900 and 1930, the Los Angeles population grew from 100,000 to 1.2 million. It's built on oranges and movies. Hey, child number one.
1: Halos.
0: Halos. (laughs) Thank you, child number one so cuties or halos what do you buy
1: halos are slightly bigger i kind of like them better
0: you think mm-hmm. i don't know what i bought but like i said there was moldy or moldy mandarin's in it i was upset um so the the population is booming in large part on this marketing campaign from sunkist in fact do you remember the are you obsessed with i love lucy
1: well I'm i do not obsessed about it. with it but yeah i watched it like You've, all okay
0: i'm slightly obsessed with it and in one of the episodes when they're in california they have this whole thing because like fred is cheap right and they come home fred and ethel come back to the hotel and ethel wants ricky and lucy to talk sense into fred because he wants to sell the brownstone in new york and buy an orange grove in california lucy so even like product placement in tv shows in the 1950s they were doing it so in 1913 the owens valley aqueduct was built to help flood irrigate crops and orchards in the area now we've already kind of hinted that we live in the northern area of california and that whole situation is super controversial now especially with the if whole, you're in
1: Northern California if you're in Southern you don't give a crap
0: you don't care um but the whole flooding and the aqueduct and all of that so that all happened in 1913 for the whole oranges thing well
1: don't you remember we took the same California history class by the same professor but we didn't yep. take it at the same time no
0: because I'm older than
1: you but don't you remember him talking about all the like canals aqueducts like that whole water system how that got all set up and i remember
0: him mentioning this one i don't remember it specifically but i just i know that it's just it's a big big deal i had a um, almond farmer that was a very very good friend years and years ago and his dad was constantly complaining and this, his, this is the way the whole water system works he would have to stay up all night in order to turn the valves because he was getting water today and you had to you got water that day and you had to open your valves to flood your fields or you missed it the water just went on by you yeah just seems crazy anyway so back to oranges in the 1920s the citrus industry was second only to oil in california this was the top industry um they produced over 24 million boxes of oranges a year the ads were selling more than oranges. They were selling the California lifestyle. The whole industry was there was like a tourism industry that sprung up around oranges. People would take a vacation to California to go visit the orange groves.
1: Which, after thinking about it, Sunkist is a pretty fantastic name. It really is because
0: like, you're selling Sunkist California.
1: You have the orange already. You know what it looks like. It's orange. It's round. It looks like a sun and in- they're sun kissed yeah and you can come here and you can live this lifestyle yeah
0: come here become sun kissed and that's what they did so they've got this whole little tourism industry the crates that the oranges were sold in up until the 50s were made of um wood Mm -hmm. and they would slap these like labels on them and the labels the artwork on the labels were done by california artists and, f- and from the 1850s until 18- 1880s until the 1950s these labels were just super they were they're collectible now obviously
1: yeah you can find them like at antique stores oh, or like secondhand popular.
0: stores they just they defined the arch thing in california they're divided into three separate like time periods um i didn't find any names or anything for the time periods but there's three distinct art periods that are portrayed on these boxes they tried to portray the social history of california at the time they decorated buildings the um, 1935 in 1935 a mural was built was painted on the side of the sun Kiss los angeles headquarters i have to figure out through our, if we make a facebook page or something i want to put some of these art pieces because they're absolutely beautiful however people that are probably picking the oranges and taking care of the fruit are not what's pictured in these in this artwork it's um, this one that's on the Sunkiss building is this beautiful it's got a mission and this beautiful young lady and she's holding an orange and then there's these workers that are just happy and smiling and working in the fields there's an orange grove and palm trees it's just this beautiful whole California scene they had postcards and prints that you could buy so you come to California and you are hanging out in your orange groves and you want to make folks back home in Minnesota. I was gonna say Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) Jealous because you're hanging out in the sunny California. There was a photographer studio there was probably many, but there was one particular photography studio called Flag Photography that was known for you could go in and they have this whole little area set up and you could stand there and you could have your picture taken with your oranges like you're just walking through the orange grove and they would make you a postcard that you could mail back home to your friends oh my with God. your own picture on it
1: that's even kind of cool now
0: yes it is
1: if, so if
0: you care about picking oranges. if you care about picking oranges but you're trying to, the point is you're trying to make everybody back home in aiken minnesota jealous that you're here in california hanging out with the oranges they would put signs on the side of train cars there was a train car that went all over um, iowa that was celebrating orange week and on this train car they had these beautifully painted tarps all these train cars because they're all over iowa the beautifully painted tarps that were advertising not only oranges but california it said uh, it was a done in a joint effort between southern pacific and sunkist in 1908 which just cracks me up because these different massive industries are getting together as early as 1908 to cross advertise
1: right and we like just talked about railroads too
0: yeah so we just we, we think of this whole like you know cross advertising thing like as, as a new thing. as a new thing no so way back in 1908 so southern pacific and SunKiss had these signs and they said oranges for health california for wealth
1: uh that's good yeah
0: so eat your oranges come to california and get rich because you can you too can buy an orange grove. they had at these they made little stamps and brochures that you can collect nowadays that are just absolutely gorgeous come to california blah 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 sunclist actually sun kissed actually said that the advertisements that they were running in the magazines and newspapers they would get people writing them with requests can you please send me a clean copy of your ad i'd like to frame it as artwork well people did that yes for real it reminds me of those those that that print guy who makes the prints from our area yes that are so popular like the so he
1: does like visually graphic representations of iconic um Like natural features or just like historical features in our
0: area. Which are, they're absolutely beautiful. But some of these pictures of this reminded me of that a lot. Some of the groves that people would visit might actually have a gift shop, and they would have little buttons that said, I, "I'm sun kissed. I visited the California orange groves," or there was one picture of this cookie jar that looked exactly like an orange, and it said, "Like visit California" on the top, and it. it had like a just the stick, the sticker that you see on the oranges it had that on the cookie jar it was just a realistic looking cookie jar that
1: still happens though like if you talk about going to hawaii and going to like the pineapple
0: um, i just
1: have to interrupt you for a minute you just pronounce hawaii like i do because i've been talking to you forever (laughs) i'm wearing off on you okay tell me your story about Hawaii. well you can go to the pineapple plantations and you're doing the same thing
0: yeah can you buy a pineapple cookie jar
1: probably i want a pineapple cookie jar i haven't been but because you have two i went to no i didn't go to the pineapple plantation next time i do went that. to the coffee plantation i will take a cookie jar made of a coffee bean i like my coffee
0: and also i went to Kauai. they don't do a lot of pineapple uh, i've only ever been to oahu i've been there twice once in high school when my cheerleading squad was chosen for the aloha bowl and once when i was born i don't remember that time and you didn't do tourism i did not do tourism when i was an infant
1: but like that's at first i'm thinking okay that's cheesy that people from all around the country are going to see oranges but like people all around the country go to hawaii to (laughs) see
0: (laughs) pineapples to see the pineapples i want to do by the way an episode on the pineapple industry in hawaii and how it started and everything because i listened to a podcast on it we'll have to pick a
1: cocktail because there's plenty of things i can do
0: oh i'm sure so cookie jars stamps tchotchke crap that you can buy from the orange orange grows it was being sold as a place to come aside from the orange industry they were also selling california as a place to come for people with lung issues because of our warm dry climate so people who had like tuberculosis or as it was called in the day consumption consumption uh, and my granddad my great granddad died of consumption could come to california to help so Calif- citrus is just like the thing it is the top dog in california until after world war ii and after world war ii comes in the two cars in every driveway chicken in every pot lifestyle leave it to beaver everybody's got to have their sprawling you know ranch style house and housing becomes a bigger concern than orange groves and so the orange groves start to decline and housing starts to become more profitable
1: also i love a ranch style house like a good do old... you really? yes i do like you know some uh, of the houses I like on... a cottage bungalow you know some of the houses on this road that you can cut down to come up to your road yeah like the old like 70s ranch style look love it really
0: yes Ugh, not me
1: love I it i mean those
0: that particular road is very nice it's got some very iconic looking but i like the 70s ranch style ranch house. style house see i like a 1930s 20s bungalow in fact i lived in in the house that i was talking about on that road where there's the orange tree the house that i lived in was a sears catalog catalog kit house
1: know all about those from watching home tv shows okay
0: so i'm in i'm like living in the sears catalog kit house it's very distinctive it's just got this very very distinctive look and my best friend from high school and her husband moved to missouri they live in springfield freaking missouri and years later i go to visit them well it's not years later so i lived in that house in blah 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 three and i probably went to visit them blah, blah visit them and blah 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 five so a couple years later anyhow i go down to visit them or across to visit them in missouri they lived in the exact same house literally it's exactly the same house the front looks the same the the floor plan is the same there's a china cabinet in the wall that is the same the room dividers are the same it was a sears catalog kit home that was sold all over the country in like the the 20s and the teens
1: and that's everybody in california now because all their houses are the same
0: <sighs> well that's a whole different thing that's a that you know, throw up a mcmansion we have an entire neighborhood in this town that's throw up a mcmansion they call it the neighborhood the neighborhood but it is the bomb for trick-or-treating it is it really is. you want
1: to get a full candy bar
0: go to that place. Go to that place. <laughs> and go in a full family themed costume. Yes. So, I only have like a paragraph left. Yeah. Okay. So, everybody's coming to California. The citrus bell actually migrated up north some into the San Joaquin Valley. The citrus in California is still worth more than a billion dollars annually. We are still second only to Florida, you know, logical. They're mostly juice. Um And then i said saw something somewhere that said in 1970 there were 350 acres of oranges and now there's only 40 acres i'm imagining that's got to be in a specific city
1: yeah that seems way too little
0: because given the fact that we're literally sitting on five acres i say literally literally way too much um i can't imagine there's only 40 acres of oranges
1: in the state it's no, g- no, no. it's
0: got to be a specific city but i did not catch which particular area um who knows could be orange county literally Orange <laughs> County, <laughs> which was named that because they had oranges at a time but so that is the california orange kind of you know hitting the face on the nose with orange blossoms but let's I promise it was
1: one of the next two episodes to try to both not stay not do california oh,
0: but i love california even though i would move out if i could okay so okay. it's a deal it's a deal we will try it depends on the cocktail though it really does yeah we'll we'll let you know we'll let you know but i would not i i love california i do love california
1: i love california i love that we know a lot about it even though we're not experts
0: we're just drunks so what if people like this and they want to talk to us
1: they can contact us there's How? a number of ways okay what so you can email us at crimeandtimeotr and at gmail.com and we also would be happy to have your cocktail suggestions
0: yes please send us cocktail ideas um you can talk to us on facebook at facebook at crime and time on the rocks
1: We're on Instagram, too. We're at Crime and Time. And Child Number One handles our Instagram for the most part. It's adorable. Um, And Twitter, we're at Crime and Time. So tweet at us or, you know, whatever you do. Whatever you do. Thank you for listening.